0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Humans of MarTech podcast. His name is John Taylor. My name is Phil Gamash. Our mission is to future-proof the humans behind the tech so you can have a successful and happy career in marketing. The great resignation phenomenon has taken over mainstream media, but what does it really mean? Is it simply a buzzword for saying more people than ever are sticking to remote work and not going back to the office? Or does it actually mean that more people are taking the leap and leaving bad workplaces and toxic jobs? Let's call it the Great Realization or the Great Awakening. COVID and the pandemic didn't just open the eyes of CEOs and managers to remote work. More importantly, it awakened a class of workers who've been sucking it up in bad jobs, thinking it was normal and that things aren't better anywhere else. But these people are awake now, and better jobs and companies do exist. Here's today's main takeaway. Hustle culture is dying. You deserve better pay, more flexible hours, less meetings, better benefits, and better leadership. Last season, in episode 48, we told you when to quit your job. In today's episode, we'll walk you through a simple playbook for finding a good job at a company that you love. JT, are you ready to go?
1: Always ready to go, Mr. Phil. Um... Look, one of the things that I think I've learned a lot from you over the years is like the importance of networking and finding a job. Like I know for myself, my networking has almost always been people I know staying in touch. If there's free work that comes up or somebody needs some help, I jump in. But yeah, like Phil, you totally take this to a different level. So, so talk a little bit about this.
0: I'm part of several marketing communities. One I've heard great things of uh, about and, and just recently joined is a community called All In, a free Slack community for in-house marketers created by Brennan Hufford. And he's the guy behind SEO for the rest of us. Uh, one of the coolest channels in that Slack community is the Career Channel. And you can actually post a bunch of questions um, in, in, in another community I'm part of, email geeks. You can actually post anonymous questions in that community. So like if they're like about your company or like kind of like an awkward question or situation, you can post it anonymously. No one can see other than the admins, like who, who asked that question. Uh, but recently in the all-in community, a fellow member posted about having a really hard time of finding a new role and he mentioned applying to a bunch of places but not hearing back from any of them i love these questions and like opportunities to to jump in this is kind of like a, uh one of the things i love to like help um some some like fresh grads out with like finding their first job or like their second job after like landing their their first gig Um, I helped some former students in this exact situation. So I've kind of like boiled it down to a simple blueprint, uh, for this episode. And, um, yeah, maybe we can, uh, walk through what my answer was basically.
1: Yeah. So like one of the other things before we dive into the blueprint and I know from working with you and talking with you, like you've got this process down and it's an authentic, genuine process that works. I think it's important to remember what people are looking for when they hire in the first place. Right. Because everything that you're going to talk about as the blueprint really leads to that, you know, why are, why is a company hiring and who are they looking for? And like, just to speak from my own experience, like as a marketing or as a hiring manager, I want known quantities. Like you don't want somebody just like show up one day and, and, and come in Like, you want somebody that you can, you can trust. And I do find like, Part of, I know your blueprint is around that networking, just to be that known quantity that people want to recommend. So I think it's really important to speak a little bit about uh, like what are people looking for? What what is the end goal here? Maybe you can frame that up a bit too.
0: Yeah. That's a great point. Like, I think too many people are just like, all right, to find a job, I'm just going to like, look at the job boards, check out LinkedIn jobs and just like apply to anything that kind of like resembles what I kind of want to do. But like, kind of like what we did with the podcast, like before we just like started writing and publishing stuff, like there's a piece about like self-reflection that you need to focus on and figure out like what it is you think you enjoy doing right now, or like, figuring out in a couple of years what that job might be and looking at like what the responsibilities, what the requirements are for that role. And then finding jobs that like help you bridge the gap of skills that you maybe don't have today. So that's like one piece, like figuring out what the job is, like what the role Mm -hmm. is that you want to like double down on the skills that you might want to like pick up. But I think like the piece that the blueprint kind of focuses on more is, and what I see a lot of folks like giving advice about is like, fuck like what the role is, like what you end up doing at the company. And like what you want to do early in your career is find good rocket ships, like find good companies, products that you're like passionate about already companies that you like, you're already learning from some of those leaders already at those companies. And like pick up whatever the role are available there. Like if you're not like a partner marketer, but there's like a partner marketer opening there, like jump on that. And then like, if there's an opportunity to wear like a different hat at that company, like eventually you'll move around. Like it's like the idea of like getting a foot in the door of like a really good company. So that's like, the step one of, of the blueprint is like keeping a nice list of companies that you'd like to work for. And Mm -hmm. it's easier said than done. Like most of my friends that I chat with about this concept, they're just like, I don't know. Like, I don't have a list of companies that like I want to work for. Like, I don't really care. Like I like I'm a project manager and like, I'll just like, if I'm unhappy at my job, like I'll just find a project management job at another company. Like, I don't really care what the company is, but like, I would like, challenge that for sure. Like, I think it's way more important, the company that you work for than like the job that you're actually going to be doing. I think, I think
1: with that comes like a couple pieces of reflection, right? Like there's that reflection of what kind of company culture do you want to work for? Uh, what do you, the space, the industry that's interesting. I know Phil, like you have talking to you, you've always had this list of companies and very specific technologies and niches. We talked to Corey Haynes, who, you know, I, I doubt's going back to full-time work, but talked about the idea of, you know, what is his, the companies he wants to work for. And I think like you don't have to, get into those companies and hold out on a job but i think whatever role you're in it, you're it's a journey right if you want to work for the stripes of the world or whatever then then put that on your on your to-do list and figure out what skills it takes takes to get there
0: yeah exactly so i'll share the blueprint for like trying to get there and like what's worked for me in a few cases but Um, what I think like has helped a lot of, um, the, the folks that I mentor, like early students help like land some of those cool jobs. And like, in the past, like this was like very local based, like you had to like filter and tailor everything to like local, right? Like you're in Waterloo, like there's a nice tech scene there. I'm in Ottawa. There's like a decent tech scene, but like, you know, a lot of like folks that graduate in Ottawa are just like, shit, I got to move to Toronto or like Montreal or Vancouver or like go to San Fran or somewhere in the States. If I really want to like expand that list of like. Like cool companies, but like the best part today is that like you can chill in Waterloo and Ottawa and still have access to like those U.S. based jobs and mm-hmm. like all of the coolest companies in Canada. Like most of them are all hiring globally, like except for like some exceptions there. So there is no like filter for localization anymore. So all right, I'll go through like each step and then like we can dive into to each of those steps there. But yeah, I want to try to keep this episode nice and uh, nice and tidy. So. Step one, blueprint for finding a job in a company that you'd love to work for. Step number one, like I said, is keeping a nice list of companies that you'd love to work for. That's easier said than done. It takes a lot of like mindful, like self-reflection. Like you said, like the culture you want to work for, we can talk about like how to keep that list. Step two is finding the hiring manager on LinkedIn and like at those companies and following them, not like requesting to chat with them, not selling them anything. Like they get a bunch of requests already. Just follow them. It's very easy to do. Add links in your spreadsheet to each of those hiring managers, activity feeds in LinkedIn and check it out like once a week, twice a week, however often you're on LinkedIn, just like check out what those hiring managers are posting about like their posts, engage with them, reply to them after a week or two, if you think you can add value to whatever they're posting. The idea here is like showing your face, like so that eventually when you reach out to them, you're not this like unknown person, cold calling. You're kind of like, oh yeah, like I've seen this person like here and there on on social, like commenting on my stuff. So keep an eye on eventually, like they're gonna post jobs on their team that they're hiring for. Like that's 95% of LinkedIn posts are like hiring managers posting like, I'm hiring, like this is, my team is growing blah, blah, blah. But before you apply, reach out to the hiring manager who you've been like engaging with their content and liking their stuff and ask them if they have a bit of time to answer questions. And the key here is doing this asynchronously. None of those hiring managers have time to like have a virtual coffee with you. You don't need to see those people in person, just like ask them asynchronously. Here's like a list of things that um, I'd love to like know about this potential job postings and like send thoughtful questions. And the idea is to like stand out by like the questions that you're asking them and the last step is just crushing the application process yeah i think it's a like it's a great way to be prospecting when you're
1: looking at like one of those companies like it starts with that list of companies this is this is a blueprint for someone looking to get into the top company like this is your dream job type of thing don't leave any you know uh any margin of error in in your approach
0: yeah. And like, that's easier said than done. Cause like everyone's definition of like a dream company is is different. And like, it's changed for me a lot. I've like, as I've kind of progressed in, in my career. And I think that like, that's like the toughest part of this whole like blueprint or, or all the steps is like figuring out what that list of like potential dream companies is. And you don't have to be a hundred percent right on all of them. Like if you think that Zapier is like at the top of your list, and like eventually you get a role there and you realize like shit, like Zapier is super messy, dysfunctional. Like, I I don't love them. I I'm just like using them as an example there. I think Zapier is an amazing company. They're they're on my list for sure. But like you can try, like this, this is an experiment, like you don't have to be right on all of them. But I think like the best way for me in like discovering these companies and like building this internal list that I have is a a big piece of it is just like, I spent a lot of my free time just like browsing on on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And I think like Twitter is like a really interesting place to like find those like leaders, like, marketing Twitter is a cesspool of like just people like helping each other out and just like terrible content. Like 90% of marketing Twitter is complete garbage and like really annoying and like drives me insane. And I know it drives you insane too, but like there is like a sliver of like really gold content marketers that are chilling on social very often and participating in really good, thoughtful conversations and talking about their companies and talking about their teams and their culture and what they're building and what, they believe in. And those are the ones that you're just like, all right, cool. Like I didn't know about this company. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to like follow that company or follow that leader at that company. And then like you start getting a taste of like who the leader is, what the company is building. And then you add them to your list. And like, I think the majority of my list has just been like growing organically from that. Like a lot of the companies I discovered were just like Googling specific things. Like I'm trying to find something in my role. And like, yeah, Buffer's written about a lot of that shit. Like notions written a lot about that. Like address has a lot of content about like SEO and stuff. My early days I. At Clifolio. And so like, there's like a natural path to discovering mm-hmm. some of those. It doesn't always have to be like mindful and you going out on this like crazy research to discover them just like, try to follow like interesting folks that like you see cool debates on, on Twitter and like naturally you're gonna discover um, some of these cool companies.
1: Well, and I think you, you described something that a lot of folks see on social to begin with is that there's a lot of kind of smoke and mirrors, like there's the perception of what you do. And then there's the reality of what you do. And like, as you go out and you start curating this list of people to follow and uh, companies to be interested in, you, you're you really trying to see behind, behind the veneer. You're trying to see what's going on behind the scenes. Like, uh, you know, if you if you want to work at Shopify as a growth marketing manager, like you need to know what that means. And like one piece of advice that just uh, I always keep in the back of my mind is looking at job postings for these companies. Like not even just ones directly related to your role. If you're targeting a very specific role, great. But there might be another way to get into the get into that shop. But look at what like the commonalities are. Like, for instance, Shopify has a, has a huge focus on teaching people how to code and, and be more technical. Like I know f- through my network, they do like code workshops and pair up marketers with developers to learn SQL and other skills. Like come to the table already interested in the things that represent that culture. And like that's by the way, not something superficial. Like if you're not interested in doing that kind of stuff, and that's the culture, maybe take that company off of
0: your list. Yeah, definitely. That's a great point. Like what the companies involved in from a community basis. Also like as a marketer, like you're going to get to like learn a lot of products and like marketing technology tools. And like my, my list is very biased towards marketing technology companies because like, it's the industry I'm most passionate about. It's like what I'm most familiar with. So like a lot of the companies on my list are, are MarTech companies because I know their products very well. Like it's like an investing strategy almost, right? Mm -hmm. Like Brickshire or Hathaway is like very specific investment strategy on like investing in shit that you're familiar with and like products that, you know, and love that like potentially mm-hmm. will succeed. I, I think of my career, like very similarly, like I'm at WordPress today. Like I was like a WordPress user for many different years. Like I could started off my freelancing career, like building WordPress sites. Like I was familiar with mm-hmm. the product before I joined Close. Like I spent a lot of time, like learning the product. And I reached out to a few folks that had used the product themselves and like close had a ton of content marketing stuff that like I, I knew about clothes, like many, many different years, like before I joined them. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's like a product angle, like what the, 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 the company is involved in from a community standpoint as well. But yeah. So, yeah, so uh,
1: there's, there's, there's another aspect that I want <clears throat> to throw out there like a, a slightly different perspective. Cause I think f- like what you put forward is really a great blueprint for, looking for companies that you like, but there's a lot of folks and I've seen it in my career who, who really look for mentors too. Hmm. And I, I think like, especially if you're early in your career, like as somebody who started in a, in a startup as the first marketer and grew for a number of years in that role, like it was junior marketer, I didn't know what I was doing, uh, except except experimenting and getting that feedback and then having a mentor come in, in my, in my own career, realize how much it was missing. So like early on in your career, I think it's also important to, to think of who who's a mentor. Like if you're interviewing for a place, like I think going back at the beginning, I would actually skip that early, you know, experiential phase to work with somebody who, mm-hmm. who can level you up, but there's always benefit to being thrown into the fire as well. So.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Like, step two is actually like figuring out after you have that list of like dream companies, like, who are the hiring managers potentially, like on marketing or whatever mm-hmm. like other function you're part of. And that's like naturally something you're going to discover. Like, not every marketer is going or hiring manager is going to be active on LinkedIn and not everyone is going to be active on Twitter. Right. Like, we had many rants about that. Like, you don't have to be super public and like post everything and try to be an influencer, but some of them are, some of them are like active. Offline sources too. Like I know you've like had talks at conferences, you've like put on meetups, like I've chatted at meetups too. Like there's Mm -hmm. offline sources where you can like discover some of these potential mentors as well. But yeah, like once you have a list of those hiring managers and you're like checking out their content, like most of the the ones that are like active on on LinkedIn, trying to like grow their teams and hire folks, like they're not just talking about the company and just talking about the roles they're hiring. Like they're Mm -hmm. throwing out like interesting, like points of discussion or like ranting on something. And like, those are the ones that you can like figure out, like, all right, like I I can kind of like see myself like learning something from that person. Like they're getting a lot of engagement. It's not like Mm -hmm. fluffy, like they're reposting their shit from Twitter and just like trying to be like, (laughs) we we don't have to get into like uh marketing twitter rants there but yeah the key the key thing in like step number two is like not not flat out like asking for a connection request with that like hiring manager but just like keeping an eye on on the shit that they post so like there's the follow button that you can just click on there grab the url feed of like their activity posts throw it in your spreadsheet and like check it out like once a month, even like some of them might not be super active, but yeah, as an extra step, like you can even check to see if they're, they're on Twitter, like, um, Twitter actually prefer more, more than LinkedIn, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. up to you how often you want to, like, um, spend time on, on LinkedIn and, and on Twitter to, like, try to find, like, um, how often they post on some of this stuff. But, like, yeah, I'd carve out, like, 10 or 20 minutes uh, in, in your day, like, once a month or, like, a couple times per week. And, like, you'll eventually, like, get a sense of, like, what type of content they're sharing, engage on it here and there. And then eventually they're going to post about a job. And, like, you'll be able to, like, lift your hand up, like, reach out to them, ask them some, some thoughtful questions.
1: You know, as we kind of kind of wrap up this episode, I want to focus on kind of one of the last steps that you talk about, which is crushing the application process. Like as a hiring manager, Like there are candidates who walk in the door and they just blow you away. You're like, okay, I got to work with these people. And I think like your strategy talks a little bit about, about that as well. Like the familiarity you're, you're already able to converse about the company's products and understand something about their culture. I think that in the application process, in my experience, like hiring for people, and I know Phil, you put a ton of effort into this as well. It's like, if you get a take home assignment, Uh, or you have a portfolio that you can show something different about what you do. I think that's really important. And I think even developing and customizing a portfolio project to show like, yo, I want to work for Zapier because it's like one of the coolest marketing companies on the planet. Like, why don't I show you my portfolio of custom Zaps that I use to run my day to day, like that kind of stuff, that kind of extra effort that totally gets noticed. And I've, I found like I'm hiring an SEO and I've, I was looking into an SEO and she's like, yeah, I've sold three websites. I was like, okay, you're legit. Like you've done something right. Um, So there's something to be said around that. Phil, I know you've, you've done some take homes in your interview processes. What advice do you have to share from your experience?
0: Yeah. I'll go back to our advice in episode number two, actually. Um, Episode number one was like uh, IC versus people manager, but episode number two was the right questions can actually get you a job. And I think that's like a super underrated thing about folks that are going into interviews is just like, yeah, like I'll just ask like a couple of fluffy questions, like what excites you the most about the job or like um, talk to me about like what type of work I'd be doing. Like there's as much time as you focus on like who the company is and like how you can like demonstrate your skills and past experience, you should spend as much time on the part about figuring out what are cool, relevant questions that you can ask the hiring manager to stand out. Like if the hiring manager is hiring two different candidates, like they're they're the folks are like very similar in terms of like background and skill set, hiring manager thinks they can both do the job. Like one thing that can easily set you apart is the questions that you ask at the end of the interview and making sure that there's like enough time that carved out there. One candidate is just going to be like, all right, like, what do you find most interesting about that job? Like, yeah, I don't really have any more questions. And the other one is just like, what's your LTV to CAC ratio? How do you think about LTV in a SaaS business? Mm -hmm. How, what's your conversion rate? Like how, how, how often has the funnel changed? Like, just like, showing like if you're applying to like a crow role or like an automation yeah. role like asking about like the tech stack and how often that's changed. It's just like this person is like ultra curious and like very interested and passionate about the space versus like someone like didn't really spend a lot of time or like is, is just like job hopping and, and they're kind of like searching for something else. So yeah, check yeah. out check out uh, episode number two if uh, you're trying to figure out how to crush that interview.
1: Yeah, I respect how much process you have here, feel Like you put so much thought into it. Like for for myself, whenever I've been into a job interview process, I admit that I I lack any any blueprint or process in my own career. So if I ever go job hunting, I'll have to come talk to you. But my goal in in the interview is always to to devolve the conversation into like an epic brainstorm session with with someone. Like I think you you got to test your like your hiring manager and the team that you'd work with and they got to test you and I think throwing down on some cool ideas right away like oh yeah I've been poking around your website I saw this like there's Mm -hmm. nothing worse than in a marketing interview you're like what do you think of the website and you can tell they're like it's blue and you're like yeah okay that's not going to go like you got to do do your research and have something meaningful to talk about and show like when you're going to be in a meeting you're not going to be quiet like people they want other people
0: to talk as well. Yeah, totally. And like those interviews, like they don't have to be this big thing that you have to be like scared about, like, oftentimes I consider them just like networking. Like they're part of networking. Like they're meeting you as much as you're meeting them. Like when I get like recruiters hitting up my inbox, like I love to chat with recruiters because like you get a good taste of like what their company portfolio is. And then they introduce you to the hiring manager. And even though there's no fit, like you can chat about like what they're working on. And like maybe they're hiring someone more junior than you and you can like help them find like a junior person. Like whenever you start hiring, like you can reach out to them and they can like return the favor. And eventually like this kind of like organic, like paying it forward, networking approach, like you won't need to apply to like every single job when you're trying to like leave a company, all these connections you've made will naturally kind of evolve into new opportunities. Like how many folks like reach out to you organically now saying like, John, like, I'd love to get you on the team. Like <laughs> there's a couple of folks that come to mind that like, they just hit your inbox all the time. Right. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a long-term game. It's a, it's, it, it takes a bit of time, right? Like you have to like carve out the practice of doing it, but yeah, at the end of the day uh, you heard it here folks Uh, hustle culture is dying you deserve better pay more flexible hours less meetings better benefits and better leadership like there are better companies out there if you don't love your current environment and yeah check out episode 48 that we did last season on like when to quit your job if you're like kind of on the fence about it but um, yeah check out the the blueprint Uh, give it a shot let us know if it works if it helped you find a good job but the key part here is like less about the role more about the company and loving the company and the mission that you work for.